Bertha Rogers' poems appear in journals and anthologies, and the collections Wild Again, Heart Turned Back, Even the Hemlock, The Fourth Beast, A House of Corners, Sleep Are You Awake, and What Want Brings, New and Selected Poems. Rogers co-founded the Bright Hill Press and Literary Center in 1992 with Ernest M. Fishman. A master teaching artist, she presents programs in schools, libraries, and other venues. Bertha Rogers has served as a judge for local, regional, and New York State NEA Poetry Out Loud contests and is a member of the selection committee for the New York Writers Hall of Fame. Her visual works have been shown in hundreds of juried and solo exhibits throughout the U.S. and Europe and are collected in the Harry Ransom Archive at the University of Texas. On Monday night, August 25, 2013, Bertha Rogers was the featured poet at Poets Speak Loud at McGeary's in Albany, New York. This one's called The Future. There was a great tree, gigantic old oak, across the lane's ditch, just before a fence that outlined the bleak, snapping Turtle Creek. Darkness stirred there, like a snake through green. We children invented futures in that marled palisade, adopted acorn babies, infants who did not cry, complain, whine, who required, who required no thrashings. In this present, this knot, lawns are unmowed, troughs rife with weeds and despond, dust blowing up leaves like accusers' voices, the oak its pocketed offspring are gone. Seeds flow downward, questions unanswered. <laughs> I've written a series of poems about dogs, um, and this is one of them. It's called The Old Dog's Lament. I was barking all the time when I was a pup. I couldn't get enough of the sound of my high, vagabond voice. The parallel report from the ridge-scraped barn, glaciated pond. The turtle, even the heron, stopped to hear my song. I was a blithe boy. And those dogs spun out, and those days spun out, unbroken. Then I met the yellow bitch with the feral smell, exhorting voice. She and I, we became one beast, our fur commingling on the hill, Mouths eating wind, feet in tandem. Even after coming to see my sweet in that last place, splayed and spread where she found her end, I could hardly suss her fur there, dead, grayed among last summer's sere stems. Her smell still lay heavy on the, bo on the hay. I had jaw-dragged her after the tires bump and thud, listened as she whimpered her awful death, but I could not stop her going. No one has to tell me to cease my sorrowing. I carry her face behind my eyes, now and then lift my head at what I recollect. Her bark, joy-struck eyes, tail thrilling against our day's blue, Blue skies. <laughs> another one, it's called um, Dog Girl Tells the Truth. 
Where I breathed every day but Saturday was deep in the riot cave behind the stove. I lay there, paws splayed toward escaping heat. Mother said no, but the family dogs barked and licked. Of course the games couldn't continue, though I tried to shift my shape, adapt my limbs to the floor. Father begged, then dragged me by my pelt, the chastened pet keening like wolves losing their young. I cried for fire, for tongues, for fur, my nailed toes abrading linoleum while they dressed me in red chiffon for the prom they'd planned. And this is a high school boyfriend, and um, some of you will recognize some of the terms, some of you aren't quite old enough to. <laughs> anyway, it's called rhomboid. Always in a hurry, that shape, its parallels box jet propelled, navigating an unresistant deep. The 59 Chevy, flamingo pink, sharply finned ship belonged to my boyfriend's father. And wasn't it unique? Bench seat angled back, just the right petting pitch, brazen windows cracked to let in Iowa's 30 below cold. We'd heard sad stories about other winter lovers who heater on forgot. The midnight road, frozen flat, north to south, silently aimed at Orion, his burning belt. Our farmhouse was axis bent like Dorothy's by a long ago cyclone, the lean-to kitchen precarious. Upstairs, our bedroom walls inclined to eaves, and the coal shed out back graded itself in slanted ranks. Was that where I learned momentum? I was startled once to see myself in a city window, head ahead of torso, diving into the noisy sidewalk. Was this the source of my rush to the end of things? That boy, sweetly flat-topped, old spice, pinned willing me to the herringbone upholstery, while I, craving his viceroy kisses, upleaned at him. Our breath flared like northern lights on the audacious vehicle's windshield. But that boy wasn't enough. I was in a hurry, on course, requiring distance. He, no doubt a fine, upright citizen in some Midwestern town, seems to lean against the car's tropical sheen. He drags on his cigarette, stubs it out, and opening the sloped door, waves goodbye, unlined eyes calm, eternally smiling. And this one is in a memory of Governor Nelson Rockefeller. <laughs> and some of you might recall how he met his end. So, well, this is called Black Rock Forest, which is down by Cold Spring. The grasshoppers copulate, so intent that I could step on them. They could go back to soil like the politician who, while laboring happily over his mistress's blasé flesh, leaps from life heart burnt like a jungle blossom. Among the rampant goldenrod, the yellow spider hangs herself, her web a ladder to death's order, mate long since dispatched. The forest is in love with repetition, watchers in flowers ready themselves for mornings, 
climb out of your bodies. Then, like eager grooms, they arise from their blossoms, part of the mountain's fruit, the feverish silence. And um, in the Catskills and anywhere along the highways, you see these, the turkey buzzards or the vultures. And um, they're, they're, I think they're really beautiful. And so I wrote this poem after seeing one one day when I was uh, driving along and was just sitting on a fence post for the longest time. And this has an epigraph uh, in parts of medieval England after a death the body was laid out with a plate of food on its chest. A local outcast, the sin eater, was paid to eat the food, the act symbolically granting absolution. Mm -hmm. And this still happens in parts of Appalachia today. Turkey buzzard. Unable to lie, the vulture points out truth. He descends to scavenge tread deaths, the fox's spoils. Discreet as an undertaker, he swallows all but the bones. After dining, he stands a moment, staring into the open, stiffens his wings around his torso like a penitent fixing a hair shirt, then maneuvers his earth-ugly bulk up away from his work. End feathers lifted, span eagle-wide. The sin-eater transmutes. He becomes the sky's most exalted fixture, an angel risen out of something's last long pain. For Hudson Mohawk Magazine, I'm Tom Francis.